Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge of Authentic Living with Roxanne, and today I have a special guest, Claire Yvonne Nesbeth, uh, with us, and uh, Claire was introduced to me by another colleague, and I was very privileged to be able to uh, connect with her and ask her to come on to the podcast. So, Claire Yvonne, thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you. It's an absolute joy and pleasure to be here. So, you got to tell everybody where you are, because... <laughs> I know I'm jealous and I'm going to ask you what temperature it is there because as I look outside there's like a foot of snow right outside my my window so tell everybody where yeah. you are and then we'll kind of jump into why you're spending the time with us today. I am currently in Baja California south on the west coast looking on the Pacific in Mexico and it's about 25 degrees sunny and warm out there so it's rather Amazing. divine. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're yearning for this up here, but trying to enjoy the weather as best as we can here in, in Canada. So let me tell you a little bit about Claire Vaughn. And um, she got connected with me because I, there's a lot of affinities uh, that I think we share, not just in our pa path um, professionally, but, um, you know, at the time that I wrote my book, it, it took a lot of things for me to slow down in order to write my first book and me got me getting authentically connected to myself. And uh, you're going to be fascinated when you hear Claire's path, Claire Yvonne's path about where she's doing now. So a bit about her professional background. Um, uh, she's a transition pro and she's having changed her whole life in less than two years, which is which is <laughs> a lot in a short period of time. Uh, she loves deep personal work uh, so she can serve her clients powerfully and go wherever they need to and want to go. Claire Vaughn thrives on in the land of duality, which where you can use humor and also be serious, be artistic and scientific. So the left and right brain all at once, introverted, extroverted, yin and yang, celebrating an intro integrating our unique wholeness. She has brought with her um, a lot uh, before her coaching background. She was a senior leader in oil and gas uh, for over 20 years. And, um, you know, she was responsible for leading teams to solve and deliver complex technical work. Obviously very fast paced, male dominated, uh, demanding technical workplace. And she's always uh, drawn to getting the best out of the people and the teams that are around her. Um, so, and she works with also organizational design. She has several certifications, uh, the CPCC, and uh, she also is a member of the C TCI, which is a Team Coaching International. And there's gonna be a lot more that you can read in the show notes. So Claire Vaughn, thanks so much again. So I'm gonna just have you start where you started. Like I alluded to that, uh, you know, 10 years ago when I wrote my first book, I had gotten to the point where I was living this, I'm gonna use this, this uh, life that really looked 
pretty fantastic on the outside. But what I was doing is was I was compartmentalizing. I was an executive, you know, at the pinnacle of my career. I had a young son. I had the home that I wanted and I was taking the trips and doing all those things. And I would compensate and almost, you know, kind of fill up in certain parts of my life so I can, De, you know, almost work against uh, the compensation against a decompensation to kind of make things work for me until it all fell apart. And that's when my life started to get really authentic. So that's a bit about me. So tell us about you. Tell us about um, your path and wherever you'd want to begin to tell us a, a, about what the journey has been in the last two years. Yeah. So two years ago, yeah. I was working in oil and gas and corporate as a senior leader. And I was felt like a square peg in a round hole. I'd been feeling like that for a, a long time. And that put a lot of stress, like literally shaving off those corners, put stress and tension into my body. And that led to uh, um, lots of migraines and physical pain um, from head to toe. And I wasn't happy, wasn't happy at work, wasn't really being recognized at work didn't feel recognized at work for the skills, the sensitivity, I'm a sensitive being, and that was seen as a weakness. So it was, it was a tough gig, and to have done that for 20 years, uh, I, I was in trouble physically and, and mentally, uh, being in fight or flight for that length of time. Then I, I was fortunate, I got my first coach uh, actually about four years ago and that started the journey in towards realizing I found something I loved doing which is working with individuals to take steps towards leading authentic lives and transitioning and and so I trained while I was still working full-time in my evenings I recreated myself used my recreational time to recreate myself and as I started to take steps towards being more authentically me my happiness started to grow and I was courageous enough then to leave the oil and gas, uh, set up my own business. So as an entrepreneur, running group retreat, group coaching events online, well, face-to-face and online and individual coaching. And then I realized I ran out of energy because I kind of barreled straight from corporate life into headlong into setting up my own business with the same ferocious pace. And it was in uh, April last year, just after lockdown hit the UK, because normally I'm based in the UK and I just couldn't, I had no energy left. So I was challenged to take a solbatical or a sabbatical. I was like, oh my God, I can't possibly take a sabbatical or solbatical. And then I was okay, I'll take a month. And then it was like three months. So I left on my solbatical in July and I'm seven months later. <laughs> I'm now getting back to working. So I've actually had a good chunk of time. I've been traveling a lot of that time, despite COVID. I've been fortunate enough that I got left the country before our regulations said we couldn't leave. So I was in Croatia, Montenegro, Albania, and then met last two and a half months in Mexico to heal and to find out who I am really and truly and deeply inside. And I've discovered all sorts of exciting things like my creative side that I can write poems. I'm now a poet. I've written nearly 40 poems and we're going to produce a book. Um, so that's one of the things I've discovered. <laughs> so Clary Vaughan, how did you get into oil and gas? Like, I mean, it's, it's, that's a very, 
left brain brainstem kind of space, right? And mostly, like you said, mostly male dominated. So I, how did you end up there? Like, you know, was it after you went to business school and you kind of meandered and kind of followed the pebble and you ended up in that space? Or was that a conscious choice that you made? In, uh, I ended up, I, I do have two geology degrees. So I'm actually a scientist uh, by background. And after my first geology degree, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I went traveling then actually. And then I realized I, I managed to get a job for Exxon as a technical assistant. And they were like, oh, do a master's. So I went to Aberdeen University in Scotland, did a master's in petroleum geology. And at that point, I absolutely knew I wanted to go into oil and gas. And when I put my mind to something, it happens. So I decided that was my career. And so I stepped in as an enthusiastic sort of 24, 25 year old into an industry because I love the planet. I love the earth. I, I'm fascinated by the rocks and geology and how it all works. And so it was something that I was really fascinated in. And I love solving technical problems, working in a team. And uh, I love my geology and I still love my geology um yet working in a technical environment like that with loads of engineers uh, a lot of a, a lot of money a lot of accountability a lot of responsibility like massive budgets i mean the wells we were drilling were costing about a hundred million dollars each to drill and we were planning in my last role my team we were planning like over 36 wells uh, so a, a spend of about a billion dollars I mean, a lot of, you know, and we got numb to it, but I think subconsciously we didn't get numb to it, especially, I'm sure most of you remember the uh, Gulf of Mexico oil spill. That was a BP event and I worked for BP. So it was front and foremost that we must never, ever, ever let an event like that happen again, understandably, because seven or eight individuals lost their lives and obviously terrible environmental consequences. So you're working in that environment. We must not make a mistake. We must not let that happen. We must not fail, certainly. So, so I would think that you are exposed to, like, you know, being a geologist, obviously your capacity, you know, I would say, and I, I could, I'm not stereotyping, but I would think that you would be a very logical, linear, pragmatic, systemic kind of uh, thinker, high strategy thinker, which I often think that, you know, the right brain, you get that, but you get that in such a diametrically opposed way. So when you were in oil and gas, what did you do at that time to feed that part of you? Or did you just kind of shut off from that part? I don't think I realized I even had it. So I couldn't even shut it off. I wasn't, I was just in a doing mode. My way of dealing with stress was to go skiing or to go hiking or to go climbing. So it was all very much physical, logical, as you say. The creative side didn't get any airtime at all. I was fully, if you like, you look at my name of Claire Yvonne, Claire was very much in the masculine. I was using a lot of head, head first, forceful energy to survive and to keep going and to get results. And so it was, a, it, there wasn't space. I didn't allow any space in my life for, for the other side of my brain and for the creative. It just didn't happen. It wasn't like I deliberately ignored it. I've never ever felt like I had it. So it's been lovely to discover it. And then that's why my Yvonne-ness has come in, which is my creative, feminine, holding, receptive energy, which to be fair, to your question, I think was coming through in the way I work with people, work with my team, 
was an empathy and leading the diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. work that I was doing and leading the women's network because I was very empathic and sensitive as a, a team leader and I did it very differently as a senior leader you know bringing it trying to bring everyone in and so that's where it came out I guess um, and now it's coming out even more and it feels more of a balance of both worlds. Were you allowed that space? Like you said, you were, you know, being female and, and being able to, obviously we know female leaders lead in a different way. Was there room in, in that sector for you to kind of um, utilize those gifts to lead in your own way? Or was there a bit of pushback um, if it was too much of that? Um, I, it felt like what was important to the business was knowing your numbers. It wasn't about how you treated your staff. So it was tough because that wasn't my main skill set. I had people in my team that could do that. But it was very much a, a you know, masculine was what was recognized. So being empathetic, being sensitive was not, and being an awesome team leader, which is what I was, was or an awesome senior leader, wasn't is recognized as strongly you know even I got told so many times you know you need to be more resilient you need to be less sensitive and likewise with myself in my corporate uh, environment I was collaborative like I always was uh, you know collaborating with IT or <laughs> accounting you know, the health and wellness um, you know trainers and those types of things and I remember as uh, I went through a couple of acquisitions um, in my tenure and I always got told that I was being too soft. I needed mm. to uh, toughen up. We need to uh-huh. look at the P- yeah, P&Ls, look at the P&Ls and look at the bottom line and what is the revenue numbers, uh, you know, in reference to the bucket of the business. And I would, I would say, oh, yeah, I get that. But and in my case, it was health and wellness as well. But still, there was a definite hard pragmatic part to that where serving people online at that point and we're talking 20 years ago was was already showing as viable and I was like well no but they need certain things face to face and there was always that bit of a pushback where I got told you, you need to kind of fall in line um so I and I would get those talks right <laughs> as well yes. at, you know at the as the budget meetings and things like that and and now I look back and I recognize because of what I talk about which is about being authentic and leading from the heart I that's truly how I led my team that was around me um, which worked really well until I had to take stuff up a little bit a couple of levels up and oftentimes I would kind of get knocked back down into the peg that kind of fit (laughs) you know and I had to adjust things in order to survive And to be to, to be fair, I guess on a, on BP that you know there was a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion, a lot of talk about leadership behaviours, a lot of talk about ethics, and yet it didn't translate into what was being recognised either monetarily or, or performance rating wise, if that makes sense. So I think it was shifting, but I've been there twenty years, and it had re- the needle had not shifted. A huge amount yeah let's talk about when you when you made the shift so what happened that you decided to and I like that world word I've never heard it before I'm sure it's good you're going to hear it popping up the soul batical you called it the soul batical I've never heard that before I, I, did you make that up or did you did you kind of pilfer that from somewhere else 
No, my, I have a, a very good friend of mine, a lady called Shelley Paxton, who has written a book called Solbatical. And she took a Solbatical. Oh. She was at Harley Davidson in, in the C, uh, marketing uh, suite. And uh, she, uh, yeah, she wrote the book. And I've been, I'm in a group, uh, a coaching mastermind group with her. And so she was, in other, and there's others in the group. What would be an impossible goal? And I was like, oh, my God, to take a sabbatical, that would be an impossible goal. And I had a call with her and she's like, you should take a year off. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't possibly take a year off. And then here I am. It was July. So it'll be eight, nearly nine months, probably before I'm back in the UK. Um, so seven months of a sabbatical. And then it's a good word, though, isn't it? It's a beautiful. Yes, I love it. I love it. I, I, that's an amazing word. I, I, it really it brings you right into what the spaces that gets created. Right. You know, and then it's, it's something that I think truly all of us should do um, in, our, in our lifetime. Uh, you know, not you know, you either take uh, time off, um, you know, generally for different age and stage things um, along the way. Like myself as a mom, I took a year off. And then when I got a severance package, instead of sitting with it, I jumped right back in without taking, and I should have taken a soul battle. That would have been probably very, very good for me. But again, I started to not, I didn't go back to full-time work, but taking that time, I would think that that's a good place to resonate and really learn. So what made you make that shift? Um, and tell me some of the things that started to happen. You said your, your health started to fail, which is the body saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I kind of, you know, show you what you're really not listening to. And then, then what happened after that? There were signs I, as well. Like I broke my leg. Um, that was the universe saying, slow down. I then got bitten by a dog in India. And that was another message to say, slow down. So if the signs are there for us, if, if we choose to listen, it took me another two years to listen after those messages to, to leave my corporate job. And, but the reality was my body was just saying it's, I'm tired, even though what I noticed was that uh, even after I'd left the corporate world, my body was still responding in a stressful way. It was like I had a stress body locked inside of me. And I, I, so even though the stress input had halved, I was still feeling like I was under some, here's uh, another lovely term, I had trauma, I had stress-induced trauma, because this daily drip of stress into our bodies over a 20 year plus period has a traumatic impact on us physically. And so I realized I just needed some time. I need, I'd also, the other thing we haven't even mentioned, but I, I was separated from my husband. Um, so I'd moved house just before lockdown happened. So I was therefore in lockdown in a new town on my own with my dog. And, and all the support mechanisms I had in place for, you know, a conference here and a networking event there and, a, you know, a face-to-face -face group coaching event in America. All those events are gone. And so I felt really, uh, it was at end of April, like, didn't know which way to turn. And so it was part of, you know, I was literally wailing down the phone, actually, at <laughs> so bless her. Your, your other your guest your, and friend and so it was after that I was like you know what what do I need what's my body asking me to do to actually really listen and it was like I need to be somewhere warm so I can heal mm. and so that's why I then and also I was being encouraged to write a book now I haven't written a book to tell my story but um, I've been writing poetry 
and I'm, um, you know, it's evolving and, and coming. So I wanted to have, I knew I wouldn't do it. If I stayed in Scotland in my house, I would never write. So it was like, okay, permission to have a break, to see what comes out. And it was interesting what, what did appear. Um, did you ever like to write as a child? No, not at all. I'm no, the opposite. No. I did. I thought I couldn't write. I thought it was rubbish at English. I thought it was rubbish at art. <laughs> and now I'm drawing and yes. I'm writing. And I told myself some quite vicious lies that I couldn't write. I wasn't creative. I thought I literally thought I wasn't a creative person. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. So for C. <laughs> Yeah, so for female executives or just any executives, I mean, I think sometimes, you know, I think of a lot of female executives, you kind of, I remember a lot of people at the level that I was at, you know, um, there was a trajectory, you know, we had those, you know, long hours and, you know, events we had to attend. And I I remember I, when I became a mom, I I was like, Mm I would say dazzled sometimes because I was still doing it, but I, I just, I couldn't keep it up and the burnout was going to come. And I see, I I saw that at the level that I was at as well. And even the levels above me in that a lot of women delayed a lot of things, you know, uh, potentially in relationships or maybe career advancements, or even a lot of people, I remember um, not having their children um, and delaying that choice. So for, Someone that's kind of at that, I'm going to use that crossroads that you were at and the signs are coming at them. What would you suggest they do just to slow down, to listen to what the universe is kind of telling them or showing them around them? I think the first step with anything is awareness is if you have that awareness, then great. And then it's like to access that there's all sorts of tools from uh, doing like a journal each day, you know, maybe 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes, you know, daily journaling or a daily meditation to help take your heart rate down. Or for me, I love, you know, walking and being in nature. Nature is incredibly powerful and is such a healer. Uh, if we, if you, <laughs> it sounds a bit odd, but if you just go and look at a tree or a leaf for five minutes, you kind of suddenly start to realize how amazing Mother Nature is. And it, I think nature, being in nature automatically takes our nervous system down and not so if we're in flight or flight might like take the adrenaline down a bit just by breathing fresh air and oxygen. So it's somehow creating space in our daily schedule. And when we create the space, we can then start to access feelings and emotions, which we may have been ignoring, which is tough. So the other thing is to, all, for me, I've had amazing support in the last four years. I wouldn't be on this sabbatical if it wasn't for the stunning support I have had from this awesome coaching group that I'm in. I mean, like I say, I've had a coach now for over four years and it just has helped me take, keep going. And even now I'm building my business back up. I've got some awesome coaching in the last three weeks. Okay. You know, this is, you know, what, asking me good questions. What do you want? What do you want to create? What are you going to do? I'm like, okay, I'm going to make those 15 phone calls. I'm going to get after this, you know, having pod, being on podcasts. And, and so actually for me, because I'm quite a verbal person, a verbal processor, talking through things with people helps motivate me. So it's finding the kind of person that you really resonate with to create a supportive, nurturing, growing relationships so that you can take 
you know, just the first step. Once you've taken one step, then the next step seems possible. Um, it's 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 always that first step. What do they say? It's the um, the best day to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time to plant a tree is today. Right now, right now. So, you know, when I, you know, my book that's coming out in April, it, you know, it's, I, you know, I talk about authentic heart leadership because, you know, I think a lot of senior level uh, people and above, or even middle managers, you know, they get into the tactical, but with the higher level they get, they are, like you said, there's, there's, there's targets, there's stressors. And oftentimes it's kind of like, you know, kind of the certain things I have to get done. So the awareness sometimes gets, I'm going to say parked for one of a better word, because I got all these million things to do. And what we know is that, especially through this time that we've been through, Clary Bond, is that more than ever, the people around us need to feel a sense of connection um, to us in order so that they can they can do what's needed to continue to function, but also to um, give that productivity level, you know, a high level of productivity and creativity even. So for the male counterparts out there, not that I'm, you know, you know, making a division, but really to some degree, I, I think as females, you know, we're bred to, to connect and, and, you know, relate to people more. But unfortunately, men sometimes aren't afforded the same things. So for the male senior leaders or leadership teams that might be listening to what the experience in men that are going through, do you think the path for them would be any different than what you're suggesting that you've been through? Not, not at all. I mean, because I think interestingly, I was probably acting out about 80% of my in masculine energy anyway. I mean, every, every human being has got both, you know, half masculine, half feminine. Um, so I think they, they, it's, it's around, for me, uh, Rich Lipman, who I work with as a coach, he's one of my coaches, you know, he, he always talks about slowing down to speed up. And now you're talking about this, the tyranny of the urgent, you can't see the wood for the trees for the inbox, it's complete and overwhelm. Actually taking that 10 minutes out for a walk at lunchtime, when you come back in, suddenly things can fall into place or while you're on the walk like oh that's what I need to say to so-and-so or the the mind needs time to heal and to process and and the other thing of course and this is the same for every human being sleep is incredibly important and quality sleep because that's again when the brain heals literally the physical brain heals and recovers it has to flush out the toxins of all the stuff that it's processing within the day and file it all and and we under we don't value sleep enough and there's an amazing sleep scientist called Matthew Walker who's wrote the book why we sleep and he talks of a human adults ought to have eight hours sleep and I, I think the average American gets six hours and 20 minutes I don't know what the Canadian stats are but we're probably not too far behind maybe we're a little bit better but I think you know it's interesting because this morning in my writing group we were talking about you know how how it you know our, our central nervous system needs to be nurtured and I think unfortunately what's happening is as we're going uh, with this uh, you know digital economy we're not recognizing the amount you know of stress that we're putting on our brain at any given point and to your point like it's like if you're hungry and you go too long your body freaks out because you have to feed it but what are the cues that really most of us what you're talking about is that you were 
your body was saying the migraines and other things that you're experiencing. Like you said, you broke your leg with myself. You know, I was the same thing. I got assaulted. This is part of my story that you may not know, Claire, Yvonne, is that I, just before I made the change, I was at a corporate meeting and I said, the universe gives, you know, the universe just says, guess what? I'm just going to do this for you because you're not listening to my signs. I walked by someone and just, you know, I'm getting out of a corporate meeting, person knocked me out, quite literally. I did not, it was a complete stranger. And, I, you know, when I do my keynote, I talk about being on my back and, you know, literally looking up at the sky and it was this young man and he had this pool blue eyes, kind of like the color of your necklace that I see there. And he said to me, it's going to be all okay. And I'll never forget that statement because nothing in my life since that day has stayed the same. Mm. You know, so going back to the whole concept mm. that you said, the, 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 the things are around you, just be aware, right? Like you're, you know, to, to align yourself with that space within yourself. Sometimes the universe is showing you, and but we're so overworked and people's depletion of their central nervous system and their entire um, space that most of us are missing it. And I think even more so in the last, I would say month, you know, sorry, year, year and, and bit that we've been going through uh, the pandemic. And, it, and it's tough, Roxanne. I, I get how tough it is, especially if you're not clear on what the alternatives are. And that's why I stayed in my marriage was, you know, I was in a 20 year relationship. And that's why I stayed in oil and gas for 20 years. It was like I was in full of fear and didn't know what to do. And so it, I get that toughness. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, I'm, there's nothing superhuman about me. It's just one foot in front of the other and choosing to listen and, and find something that resonates with me and lights me up instead. Right, right. Well, this has been an, an amazing chat and I'm sure everyone will gain something and uh, the parallels between our stories are actually kind of interesting as well. Um, for people listening that might want to reach out or to have a chat or um, coaching when you kind of get things going and the poetry book, um, when you put it out, uh, where could people get a hold of you? And are there any last words you might want to share before we wrap things up? Um, so I, I use LinkedIn as my main communication platform at the moment. So little videos on there. Um, so I'm on there as Claire Yvonne Naisbit. And then I do have a, a website called brightcatalyst.net. That's my, my business uh, website. And my poetry book, I'm actually on Facebook. So if you want to come on Facebook, um, it's called Claire Yvonne Poetry. And yeah, I, I think, do I have any last words? We all are unique. We are all special. And we all um, can live a life that is fulfilling and enjoyable as leaders in corporations or whatever our chosen path is. And starting to love ourselves is the first step. I know people don't like using the word love, but we fill our own self-worth up then we can then spill it out to others and then individuals start to thrive. Our team would start to thrive or our family start to thrive. And we all have it inside of us. We're all beautiful, unique essence, spirits, souls, and um, you, you can do it. Thank you. Well, thanks so much. So what am I walking away with? Um, you know, I often say that we're often so busy, but the, the voices that need to be heard,
environments within which that's going to be elicited. And like uh, Claire Yvonne, one thing that I um, have been always been doing, but been doing even more so in the last year is that uh, I walk for an hour and a half a day, regardless of what's going on as much as I can. And that's when I, I get to a point, the first 45 minutes, not so much. The, sat, the latter part of my walk is when that voice just comes to me. And it's almost like I'm, you know, digesting and reintegrating things and, and figuring out lots of things as I walk. So my challenge for you is to think, what is it that you can do to connect with that part of yourself so that you can look at the cues around you because we all have them, but you you may not be um, getting to a level of awareness uh, to connect with it. So try something different or try something a bit longer that you've been doing and see where it brings you. Again, Claire Yvonne, thanks so much for your time. And, and for everyone listening, if you're wanting to know more about authentic leadership and your teams, you can reach me at roxannedurhodge.com. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.